welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Zayman. All right. And welcome to a very special episode. Uh, this is another one of our Adrian tape releases. So this might be a new, uh, this show might be new to some of you out there uh, who haven't listened to our regular podcast and you're just joining us for an Adrian tape. Uh, so to let you know, first off, the Adrian tapes are a collection of kind of behind the scenes commentary before, you know, uh, like director commentaries on DVDs existed. Uh, Davis Panzer released these cool Adrian tapes that were like a very candid behind the scenes look at Highlander. And there were two seasons on six tapes. It's pretty cool. And so we're going to be releasing one of those today uh and so if you've never heard our podcast before uh we urge you to check them out we've got a bunch of other adrian tapes we've released uh we also review every single episode of the show we can actually say that now we've completed the entire series so we have reviewed every single uh episode the 119 19 episodes of the series which is pretty cool um <laughs> <laughs> so you can go back and check those out. And we also have great interviews with the cast and crew and all the people that made uh, Highlander what it is. So if you dig the Adrian tapes, make sure to check out the rest of our podcast. So you guys excited to jump into this one? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm excited, especially because I understand that this has to do with some of the looping and ADR on the show, which is something that we talk about frequently. So uh, I'm very excited to hear the man himself tell us a little about it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah this should be really fun. Amy, what are you excited to hear? I'm excited to hear about ad-libbing. Ad-libbing. You know something about that. I do. You do. <laughs> I know all about it. Very He's a good. master of Mad Lib. Yeah. Amen is. And I'm just a fan of uh, legacy media. I actually listen to this on my own uh, tape deck. Nice. Very good. Yeah. So this has been fun. We got to uh, like kind of remaster these tapes. Uh, so thank you to our fans and listeners who sent these in. Uh, and so we tried to clean them up as best as we could. These were released uh, originally on just cassette tapes. Uh, so they're pre presented here for the first time ever in a digital format, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so we'll let Adrian take it away from now. Uh, so here is season two of the Adrian tapes, tape three, uh, side A. Take it away, Adrian. Time for breakfast, Charlie. Breakfast? So if the Jeep hadn't broken down, we'd be eating at Louise's Diner in Olympia. And I'd be smothered in hash browns and not mosquito bites. How'd you sleep? Like a baby, man. Shit, well, figures. <laughs> you hungry? Yeah, hungry. I could eat a horse. Well, it's not a horse this morning, Charlie. It's trout. Oh, careful, it's hot. Trout. And jam, man? Yeah. What's the matter? Don't you want it? Well, not for breakfast. Come on. Do you know the nutritional value in oh, trout? It's... Well, I'll have it fine. Wait, wait, wait. What's that? The scene you just heard came from a moment when we were shooting Bless the Child in the mountains of North Vancouver. The script originally had Charlie McLeod eating a breakfast early one morning on the hills with the mist flowing past them, but <clears throat> they were then interrupted by a truck out of control, and because I figured that, you know... Maybe we should have a little fun in this scene. I asked the prop department to find me some trout and jam, some interesting mixes for nutritional value. Well, I think monotony has to be broken up. And if someone doesn't know what's coming, you get a real true reaction of what they say. And besides, who's to say that there's no nutritional value in trout and jam? I eat it every morning. Well, almost. Sometimes mistakes or noises in the background and ad-libs can cause problems, but sometimes they also add to a scene. 
as some of you already know, ad libs is something I love to do because I feel it gives you a freedom and a reality to a situation that maybe wasn't in the script in the first place. The show I think we ad libbed the most in in year two was what was it? Oh yeah, Pharaoh's daughter. We ad libbed entire scenes there because there were situations that had to be filled in for the relationship between McLeod and Nefertiti to work. I mean, you think about it. The idea of someone from a few thousand years ago who suddenly pops up into the 20th century does have humorous repercussions. I mean, <laughs> since when she last saw the Earth, it was definitely different. So we had to come up with the situations, and then, well, we just ad-libbed from there. Oh. No, 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 no. It, it, it looks like snake log. Hideous. People wear these things. I had a lot of fun working that way, as you can tell. Nasty face you're making. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> that last comment never made it. Another instance of ad libbing came from a really strange situation. Stan and I had listened to a CD while we were shooting in Vancouver, a CD that contained numerous telephone calls made to unsuspecting companies and people, with a guy on one end pretending to apply for a job or get an optical exam or whatever in one of the many personalities that the jerky boys conjured up, although rather radical in language. Some of the situations were, well, they were hysterical. And as often happens between friends, certain catchphrases or lines stick. Well, Stan and myself, after trying out a bunch of them, found that the two that stuck the most were Fruitcake and Tough Guy. Let's go back to the carnival again and we'll find out. Listen, Fruitcake is not going to tell you anything. Yeah, I know, but maybe if we get him alone, you know, we can try to convince him, you know what I'm saying? I think it's someone else we should be talking to. Here we go again about the scar on Pete's wrist. It's something to think about. Mac, I'm just finding it a little hard to believe that you're condemning a guy who saved my life. All I want to do is talk to him. No, you don't want to talk to him. You've already made up your mind. Listen, the truth is the truth, no matter what you feel about it. Okay, so fine. Mac, you tell me, then, what is the truth? I mean, after all, you must have read Pete's mind. Hey, you know, I mean, this is really cool, because, like, I knew we were immortal, but I didn't know we were psychic, too. We're not psychic, tough guy, but we are cautious. As many of you know, this scene from Counterfeit Part 1 was only in the European version. But something that turned up in both the European and the domestic cuts was in The Fighter with Bruce Weiss, when he came up with a hysterical one when he looked at how the other actor was dressed during the flashback sequence and decided to comment on it. One more round. Just one more round. You better start counting the money, fancy pants! Another instance was in Counterfeit Part 1. While filming Lisa Mion's transfer from prison and her kidnapping, Paula Barsman, the director, felt he needed some extra dialogue. Apart from the couple of scripted lines, Melanie's dialogue in the bus was totally ad-libbed. Who are you? This is my bus! Get out! This is my bus! Get out! Get out! Who are you? What do you want with me? Sometimes, some of these ad-libs never make it to the final cut. But there again, when they are used, it gives us an idea how to structure a scene in the editing process. And there have been times during the looping process that the writers have had to come up with some added lines that are put in to augment the ad-libbed ones. 
An ad-lib that was kept was my comment after I'd done a somersault off the front hood of a car in Revenge of the Sword. Since we were working a six-day show, things had been pretty hectic, and I hadn't seen what Daryl, my stunt double, had been doing. Yes, I know, some of you thought it was me doing those acrobatics, but I'm afraid to tell you once and for all that I can't do acrobatics. Not yet, anyway. When I saw the somersault, I thought, well, it needed something else. So... I decided to ad-lib a little. You crazy bastard, you think you can fly? I think I just did. Are you okay? Yeah, I'll live. I guess that was a couple of his fans that love him so much. Another form of ad-libbing are the mistakes that are made during filming. Sometimes you're definitely not saying what the writer even you had in mind, and sometimes that can be downright frustrating. This is Maurice, who lives on the barge next door. Which is an old friend. Getting older fast. How you going? Vitamins. The boy needs iron. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> Maurice, uh, Richie and I must have some catching up to do. Screw this. There are times, though, that even you are unaware of what your mouth is about to do. Thanks for the free, lo free location, Mr. McCloud. And sometimes it can be, well, something as simple as the deep intensity in a scene or the emotional and psychological moment is so entwined with the reality of the situation that mistakes can be made. Thanks, man. Hey, I didn't do anything. No, this kind of stuff's been going on in zone for years, and I've just been shaking my head. You made it out. Well, it's time to maybe get... It's beautiful like that! <laughs> Mind you, all this said and done, nobody's immune. Okay, I'm gonna... Another fly. Still rolling. One of the things that are totally beyond their control are sometimes even the actors themselves. They can be revoiced entirely for several different reasons. Most of the time, when we shoot in Paris, we use actors from France and Italy and some of the other European countries, and most of the time, English isn't their mother tongue. So we need a dialect coach to get them around those strange vowel sounds that are foreign to them in their own language. Most of the time, the dialect coach is successful in teaching them how to be understood clearly in English. But sometimes not. Get out of the way, we're gonna shoot that man. What did he say? Here are some other examples of actors who had to be totally revoiced so that they could be understood. First, I'll play you what they originally sounded like, then what they sounded like in the final cut. You will join us for dinner, Ivan, and bring your wife? Yes, Countess Bernova. You can stop bowing, Ivan, and it's plain Comrade Bernova now. I never get used to it. <laughs> yes, you will. It's a new era. You will join us for dinner, Ivan, and bring your wife? Yes, Countess Abernova. You can stop bowing, Ivan, and it's plain Comrade Abernova now. I never get used to it. <laughs> yes, you will. It's a new era. Let's hope you're right. This was from Warmonger with the girl who played the Russian Countess, and she was even Russian. And I was surprised when she was revoiced, actually, because I thought, well, she had an interesting quality to her voice. We had to do it again in Prodigal Son with the inspector that McLeod was trying to convince that Richie was innocent. Where's Richie, Ryan? Your friend's in serious trouble, Mr. McLeod. But you will be if I can prove you were hiding him. How long are you going to hold him? Until the judge sees him. Then he will be taken to the main prison at Fleury, where he belongs. Where's Richie, Ryan? Your friend's in serious trouble. And so will you be if I can prove you were hiding him. How long are you going to hold him? Until the judge sees him, and then he will be taken to the men's prison in Fioré, where he belongs. In The Vampire, we had to do it twice. 
once during the flashbang sequence and once during the present day sequence, where the actresses had to be revoiced entirely. Thank you. But I have to say, I believe Mr. Stillwell was murdered by a man, not a monster. All I ask is that you keep an open mind, Mr. Coleman. And all I ask is that you stop badgering my father with this superstitious nonsense. One of your associates. Thank you. But I have to say, I believe Mr. Stillwell was murdered by a man, not a monster. All I ask is that you keep an open mind, Miss Chacon. And all I ask is that you stop badgering my father with your superstitious nonsense. One of your associates. This one was for reasons of performance. The next one was so that the actress could be understood. You're a good friend, Duncan. My father was very fond of you. Life's funny. Sometimes it seems like you have all the time in the world and it's over. How am I going to get over this? You're a good friend, Duncan. My father was very fond of you. I'll miss him too. Life's funny, isn't it? Sometimes it seems you have all the time in the world, then it's over. How am I going to get over this? As you can hear, the accents these actors had made the producers need to revoice them so that the audience could understand what they were saying. But if an actor's performance wasn't up to scratch, it could also happen, as it did in the zone. There's only one thing you need to live in this world. Not food. Not money. Not love. People need respect. Where's your respect? Gone. With the paint chips your babies eat and the drugs your teenagers do. That was pretty slow. Now you can hear what it sounded like after the editing and looping process. To live in this world. It's not food. It's not money. It's not love. People need respect. Where is your respect? Gone. With the paint chips your babies eat and the drugs your teenagers do. The looping process that I talked to you about a minute ago is a process of revoicing some of the text you've said, but is unusable in the final product for a number of different reasons. They can be things just as simple as everyday noises that are around us all the time. When we were shooting Counterfeit Part 1, one of our locations happened to be a fairground that just happened to be next to a school. At the sound of the bell at the end of the day, sounds of hundreds of feet came at us from all directions, especially when they heard that Islander is shooting there. Well, when the kids were also given the chance to get onto some of the rides to act as extras in the background, they jumped at the opportunity. Unfortunately for us, trying to keep 200 or even 100 kids quiet during a take was virtually impossible, so we ended up looping the scene in the studio. Most of the times in our lives, we never notice the sounds around us. Sounds such as birds or planes, or even elements such as the wind or rain. But when shooting sound in a movie or a TV production, 
These things can be magnified and when transferred from the original film to a version you see in the video stores or on a TV broadcast, the sounds can be magnified a hundred times. Other times it may even be the technicians on the project you're working on that gives the sound editors a coronary, especially if the technician happens to be the director who likes to use equipment with external motors such as smoke machines. Apart from all those sound problems, Highlander the series had one other. When we were filming the flashback sequences, we had to be very careful as to what sounds were available to us. I mean, when you're back in the 18 or 1700s, the planes or the trains or the automobiles were never heard. So we had to revoice scenes if those things crept in while we were shooting next to a highway or something. One such occurrence was while we were filming Epitaph for Tom. <laughs> God, you know that very well. Do you think you're the only man who's ever courted me? Only the men around here are fools. <laughs> <laughs> the girls say men are like horses. Big and stupid. But they do have their uses. You comparing me to a horse? Well, you're certainly not stupid. As you can hear, there are many, many sounds that are totally out of our control that cause us to go into reloop. But the one that really ticked me off during season two was when one of the film crew decided to show off his talent and get in on the act. Tell me he doesn't eat people, McLeod. Hey! I could, but I might be lying. Take it easy, Sarah. We're taking it easy, McLeod. What's next? Oh, Pass me the bag by your foot. Slowly, Charlie. I hope you're not looking for a gun in there, McLeod, because I know we ain't got one. Hey! Did you hear that? The assistant director tried to act like a bear because he couldn't get the 400-pound grizzly out of his trailer to give us the off-camera lines, the things we have to put up with. As you can see, going into the looping studio to revoice the mistakes is a process that is necessary in every film and television show. It is time-consuming, but it is necessary. Sometimes it can be tedious, sometimes it can be fun. But I think having a laugh is an important part of living, so... I'll leave you with the one I heard in year two that you never did. It was during the flashback sequence in the fighter when Sully storms into McLeod's bedroom. Or well, Bruce Weiss unwittingly pulled the door handle off the door and left us in stitches. <laughs> an important part of living wise words adrian very good i love it wise sage adrian paul that's right this was a fun one to listen to you guys like this tape oh yeah well it it started off with one of our favorite lines ever about trout for breakfast that's right we've talked about trout for breakfast breakfast. many times on this show uh and this gives us some uh some juicy tidbits on how that all came about that's right which it's shocking to me that that's like listed as an ad lib because it involved like a prop department. Right. Still very funny that like this was AP's idea apparently. 
He's a, a master improviser. <laughs> yeah, this was great. Yeah, this was fun. And it's uh, good to hear everybody having like a good time uh, on set. And I love hearing that uh, Adrian and Stan listen to Jerky Boys CDs together. Uh, that was uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when he initially describes it, I was like, is he talking about the freaking Jerky Boys? <laughs> yes. And then, of course, the answer is yes. The Jerky Boys. Yes, this was great. Uh, so thank you again, everybody, for listening to this Adrian tape. If you haven't already, make sure to go check out our back catalog of episodes. We have over 250 episodes uh, for you to listen to on free on uh, your device or wherever you get a podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, so uh, make sure to join us next week for another exciting episode. And we've got one more Adrian tape to release. So we're almost done this journey, Ooh. too, which is pretty cool. Wow. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We've been your Rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Bye.